You're listening. You're listening to a University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky. College of Arts and Sciences podcast. The room is small and cramped, thanks to the great number of people on the old black piano that sits off to the side. Chairs and a couple of quaint little sofas line the walls, blocking off the open doorways at the back where people are rushing back and forth with trays of finger foods and plastic cups. The gain center is full of people, and even though it has become quite hot because of them all, it isn't uncomfortable. It feels like this is what this building is for, a large gathering ready to share art. And that's what we're doing. I have a microphone bag slung across my shoulder and no words ready to share. Instead, I've taken on the role so many of the people here have today, the Observer. We sit, and we wait, and we listen. Nicole Lanertone, a senior French major, begins to read. Her poem, entirely in French, is about a sad elephant. L'éléphant roi des nuances silence sort une île vraiment petite, avec des vents si doux et un ciel coloré, but personne n'est triste comme lui. Next, Jenny Wu, another senior, reads a piece she calls Ticketed. My stock is salt water, so is my cure. I come from the sea, crowd, study my mother's heart. I could drown you in the ocean, in running wind, in the bottom of a jar. There's quite a bit going on here. It's a reception, a regular shindig for artsy types, and the place is, like I said, packed full of them. The parties for the latest edition of Shale, UK's undergraduate literary arts journal. It's one of several UK publications that gets stacked up around campus a few times a year. With Shale, each of those stackings is treated as an event. What we wanted to get out of this podcast was a clear picture of what Shale is as a UK organization. We wanted to profile the types of people who enjoy the magazine and who work for it. Between a reading from a fair number of the writers featured in the latest edition and my impromptu interviews, we certainly gathered enough unique material. But did we get a good sense of what Shale really is? And what, in the end, is that? For the answers to those questions and some more fun anecdotes from the wild world of a university lit mag, stay tuned. In order to produce something about a production, a podcast about a publication, for instance, you have to get up close and personal with the people involved in that production. My first strategy to seek out the scoop was to sidle up to anyone who looked like they weren't talking to anyone else. This provided a fun bit of information. A surprising number of the people there were there just as fans of shale. I'm Nathan Hewitt. I sent in something last year, and I'm mostly just a fan. First of all, can you tell us your name? Pearl James. Okay. And what is your affiliation with shale? I'm a fan. I'm not a contributor, but I teach in the English department, and so I know some of the contributors, and I'm very happy for them. Now... Sure. It might be cheating to include an English professor as part of the group of Shale supporters, but it is important to note the number of faculty present at the event. I won't bother going into a list, but instructors from several fields both in and out of the College of Arts and Sciences were rubbing elbows with the young raconteurs. Plenty of people were there to celebrate their own accomplishments as much as the magazines. 
Shale offers some people their first real opportunity to have their work published and shared with an audience. Joey Filippini told me about the experience of having work published by Shale. Hi, I'm Joey Filippini. I'm a freshman English major, theater minor. What is your relationship with Shale? Well, I just got published in it. This is my first publication. I'm actually really, really excited for it. Cool, cool. So you've been published in this issue, correct? Yes. What piece of yours was published? Well, I had four pieces in here. Um, They're all poetry. A couple of um, little vignettes and uh, musings, I guess. Out of the pieces that you've had published in Shale, could you tell us a little bit about your favorite one? Well, my favorite one takes place in Salt Lake City. It's um, it's kind of a look at the uh, at the state of, I guess you could say, American generosity. Um, the what happened is uh, I was I was in Salt Lake City for a trip with to visit some friends, and we uh, it was it was Tom's Day. If you know anything about Tom's, they do the thing where they have the one for one. You buy a pair of shoes. They give a pair of shoes to a child in need and some far off country and uh, everyone was walking around barefoot buying these designer shoes and then not not 20 feet away from this great hullabaloo there's this woman uh, there's this homeless woman sitting on the sidewalk and no one's lifting a finger to help her so I guess I guess the poem sure thing is what it's called is kind of my hey guys yes it's wonderful to help it's wonderful to help people in faraway places, but you also have to think about the people in your backyard. And for those curious, here's the poem she's talking about. This one's called Sure Thing. Either dollars slithered into pockets of cash registers under flags, light blue, white blue. On bricklaid sidewalks, people chose barefoot and bought new shoes. For other pairs sent away to brown kids with calloused feet. Two-for-one designer brand, 50 bucks a pop. They called it being worldly. Sheepish quarters dribbled through the gaps of my fingers onto the pool of her glossy styrofoam plate already littered with pennies. Perhaps enough for a cheap meal, some tarnished bus tokens. Enough for a rotten tooth grin, brown crinkled skin, a guttural thank you. I called it, you're welcome. Ariel Clark, a fiction writer, discussed getting prose into the magazine. I'm Ariel Clark. I'm a sophomore and I'm a psychology student. All right, cool. And what's your relationship with Shale? I submitted some works and they got accepted and put in the journal. All right, cool. So how many works exactly got published in this edition of Shale? Um, The two short stories I submitted both got published. All right, so out of those two short stories, can you tell us a little bit about your favorite? My favorite would have to be called Carnivals and Mismatched Ties, and it's one that I wrote last summer for my dad's birthday, actually, as a gift, and he really liked it, so I thought I'd fix it up and submit it, and I'm glad I did. Cool. So can you tell us a little bit about that short story? Like, what's the content? What are we looking at here? Um, it's a little gory, it's kind of morbid, it's a zombie story actually, it's kind of horror slipped in there because I know what my dad likes, so, uh, and I ended up liking it a lot too, and it's been an ongoing thought in my head ever since I wrote it, so. 
All right. So, last question. How do you feel about having a publication like Shale available for you here on campus, either as a submitter or a reader, what have you? I really like it because I've always enjoyed submitting things for different publications and stuff just to see if I could push my limits and get in. And I also like being able to read the creative things that other students are doing on campus. Here's an excerpt from one of Ariel's short stories. There's a sound like cracking bone, and that's exactly what it is. He breathes heavily, gripping the bat in a white knuckled hold. He watches the thing carefully for any sign of further movement. It lays against the wall in a crumpled heap, silent. He takes a, t- a step toward the stairwell exit, then pauses, turns back, and takes one more swing at its skull. Better safe than sorry. But the most interesting people to talk to were those directly involved with the production and distribution of the magazine itself. Each member of Shale's staff has their own responsibilities to fulfill, sure, but there's a lot of work to be done in putting a publication out, and it isn't surprising to see members sporting a number of different hats as the publication date gets closer and closer. I spoke to Nathan Petrie, a freshman English major who's been involved with Shale since he first walked onto UK's campus. I'm a poetry editor for Shale this semester, but uh, last semester I did social media for a little bit. We edit poems sometimes, but most of the time we just kind of run around and do things that uh, help promote the journal, like hanging up flyers, um, trying to get people to submit, talking to random strangers. Also, there's like a three-week stretch after we get our submissions where we sit down in subsection meetings and go through the poems that we get, talk about what we like, what we don't like, and... um, send out rejection and acceptance letters. Shale also takes submissions for visual art that accompany written pieces in their own section. Shannon Newbury is an art editor for Shale, and she makes some of the tough calls on which paintings, sketches, and the like make the cut for the final printed edition. My name is Shannon Newbury. I am a sophomore, and I'm an architecture major. All right, thanks. So what's your relationship with Shale? I am an art editor for Shale. Can you tell us a little bit about that position? Um, Well, we have to do a lot of recruiting because obviously you have to have people submit their work. Um, We're actually the people that are in charge of deciding, like, who gets actually put into the journal. So that's kind of an interesting process. Um, I'm also in charge of distributing and helping with just um, relations with other organizations as well and kind of just keeping everything intact on campus of Shale. Can you tell us a little bit about the selection process that you guys have to go through by picking out the art pieces for Shale? Well... I think Shale is really amazing because, honestly, the submissions we had this year were impeccable. Uh, Someone with an art background such as myself, I was really impressed by all the pieces that were submitted, and it was an incredibly hard process to do because only so many can get in. But we tend to just look at, like, individuality, originality, um, skill, um, you know, if the piece evokes emotion or not, if it fits in with the journal. Um, just basically the overall composition of the piece. Um, it's a lot of analyzing, but I'm very lucky to work on a team with all people in um, very in-depth art backgrounds, and I couldn't do it alone, so I'm glad there was like, other people there for the selection process as well. Throughout the evening, I was continuously directed to the two co-editors-in-chief, Katie Cross and Sarah Hayden. It became clear early on that they were going to be the crux of this piece and that they'd have the most to say about Shale. Katie spoke first, giving me a ton of information about the way Shale is put together. Important to note, 
This interview came after an announcement that with Sarah's graduation, Katie will be taking the reins as sole editor-in-chief. To begin with, if you could tell us your name. Katie Cross. All right, and what is your year of study and or major here at the University of Kentucky? Okay, I am a junior English major, psychology minor. All right, thanks. And what is your relationship with Shale? Okay, so um, I guess my relationship with Shale goes back a bit. Um, I was actually, my poetry was published in the first edition, so that's really cool. And then I began working on the poetry section, and when Sarah was looking for a co-editor-in-chief, she sort of, you know, came to me and talked to me about it. And, of course, I was thrilled because I'm really interested in publishing, so that's my relationship. Cool. So... You are co-editor-in-chief of Shale now, correct? Yes. All right. Um, what can you tell us about that position? Like, what kind of responsibilities do you have? What do you got to do, man? Um, basically, um, as co-editor-in-chief, you do everything the editor-in-chief does. Um, so, really, we deal with financial things. We deal with, you know, what the issue looks like, especially what the cover looks like in the layout. Um, we talk to Sarah Wagner, who is our layout designer, and um, she usually deals with covers as well. We oversee flyers, meetings, I mean, readings, every everything under the sun we, we basically do that is not looking at the submissions specifically. Like, we even file the submissions, so... Let's talk about this issue of Shale in particular. What is new this time around? What can you tell us? What are you guys changing the game with with this new spring edition of Shale? Okay, um, we actually have our first Perfect Bound edition of Shale. So before we had the saddle or the saddle stitched copies, excuse me, um, which are basically stapled in the middle, they sort of bow out. And especially since we were getting a lot more we were getting many more submissions having like a larger page count we really needed you know like an actual spine like something to hold us together and that's really the newest achievement um we've had artwork by a uk student um featured on this edition we had the same thing in the spring but we actually credit the person on the cover that sort of thing um and we've hit the 100 page mark so i mean that's really awesome all right, cool. Okay, so how does this publication make you feel? Um, this one especially, like, I'm just very proud, especially of all the poetry that's in it. I feel like it's very strong. Um, I mean, obviously you heard the readings with Joey and Atonis, and, you know, they're only, like, two poets out of, like, the 10 or 13, and, I mean... It, I feel like this issue has been the most solid is in terms of just artwork and not just, you know, like artwork traditionally thought of, you know, um, like poetry, prose. I mean, everything, like even more language is very strong. And I mean, it just makes me feel super excited and proud to like be a part of it at this time in the game and, you know, even where it's come from and where it's going. I'm really excited to sort of oversee it and sort of lead it into different directions. Okay, last question for you. It was mentioned today at the reading that you will be taking over. So what can you tell us about the future plans for Shale? Um, Future plans as of right now, um, we're still going to talk to the editorial board, but we would love to see submissions increase, um, distribution increase, so the number of copies we print. Um, 
I would love to see different things happening with the cover and the artwork inside. I would love to see it dispersed if that's possible. And even with the cover, have like cutouts, have like embellishments, that sort of thing. Um, and I'd really like to see the layout change. It's been the same um, basic layout for about three semesters now. And I would really like to work with Sarah and just see like what sort of imaginative things we can do um, in terms of where we're placing things, even in terms of fonts and things like that. And I've really been inspired. Um, the Gaines houses actually have old copies of Jar, which um, used to be overseen by Jane Gentry Vance. Um, she was Kentucky Poet Laureate in the early 2000s, and she taught at UK for a long time. Um, and that was like the honors version of Shale, basically, before Shale came to be. And some of those copies are really imaginative in what they're doing. And they were even printed in the 80s. You know, they'll have like artwork accompanying um, different poetry. They'll have, I mean, just even layout will change from page to page. To page. Artists will create pictures for some of the poems. Like, I just want to play around and see what we can do, really. Then came Sarah, who was reluctant to be interviewed at first, but ended up sharing a thorough history of shale, stretching back to previous titles and editors. Oddly enough, for a publication entrenched in the written word, there isn't a written history of shale. What Sarah gave us is the most detailed account of shale to date, so get comfy. So first of all, if you could just tell us your name. Sarah Hayden. I am a senior, political science, classics, and history triple major. Wow! That's a lot. Yeah, I get bored easily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what is your relationship with Shale? Uh, I have been on Shale's staff all four years. I was originally a poetry editor, and I became editor-in-chief my junior year, and I am currently editor-in-chief, though this is my last event. Okay. okay. So can you tell us a little bit about Shale, like the history or what it is or what you want people to know, anything? The topic is open. Well, Shale was started as the Cats Figment. It was started as a Gaines jury project by Eric Schlick uh, a few years ago. And it was handled by uh, successive Gaines fellows. Uh, I originally joined when Ashley Lovelace was uh, editor-in-chief. I joined as a poetry editor. And my sophomore year, I told her, we really need to rebrand the Cats Figment. We don't have a lot of following. We didn't even distribute our 20... 11, our spring 2011 um, edition, all that, all that well. And so we weren't doing particularly well as a journal, and I wanted to bring us back. I really wanted to see the community served well, and I wanted to become representative of the community on campus and in Lexington. And so we decided that we had to rebrand the Cats Figment and uh, decided to rename it Shale uh, in respect to uh, the graduate journal Limestone. Uh, geologically, shale uh, lies under limestone. We wanted to have that cool mineral thing in common. One of our advisors is married to a geology professor, so <laughs> she was all in for it. Um, and so we renamed it Shale, something very simple. Uh, the undergraduate arts journal, including all the arts that, that we get and we can publish. And, um, and so we did that transformation uh, my sophomore year. And then it's just easiest to look at them while we do it. Um, and then I became editor-in-chief fall 2012, and I also introduced the World Language Initiative uh, for my Gaines Jury project. So I wanted to absorb uh, a world language journal called Infini. I talked with Shady Almaragi. Uh, he started uh, the journal when he was a junior Gaines fellow, 
and it had sort of fallen out of circulation at, at that point. And I asked him, um, can I absorb your journal? We can keep your name, format, whatever you want. And he said, no, just take it. Just try and serve the community as best you can. Um, and so we started soliciting for world language submissions. Uh, despite not having the staff for it, we decided to grow the staff as, as the demand grew. Um, and so that's when World Languages was uh, infused into the journal. Uh, and we also decided to publish once per semester instead of once per year. And then in spring 2013, we debuted our very first color cover. Um, had about 100 submissions, which is about twice as many as we got my first year. And continued with World Languages, um, that sort of thing, doing very well. And then this semester, we received almost 250 submissions, color cover, and our very first in the history of the entire journal, whether it be Cat's Figment or Shale, um, have perfect binding. So that is a very detailed, probably more than you wanted, history of Shale. What else would you say is like changing as Shale's moving forward? Like what positive directions do you see this magazine going in? Absolutely. So many. Uh, we are, I think, becoming more representative of the creative community, getting as many different rotating uh, languages, uh, especially with respect to world languages, into the edition as possible, um, featuring more uh, and greater talent uh, from, from our community. I think we are slowly becoming more um, exclusive as a journal, trying to get sort of the best of the best in the, the community while also giving uh, new artists and authors opportunities. I think that moving in that direction of becoming a really great uh, professionalized journal is something that, that we are doing. Uh, the move toward professionalism sort of started uh, last year in, in our hiring processes and the way that we run staff and then also the way that we publish uh, the edition. That's something that we've been, been moving toward. Um, and I would say from, from the quality of the journal to the way that we run it, um, we're definitely moving in, in a really positive direction. All right, that's good to hear. Um, let's wax poetic for a minute. You're leaving the magazine, mm -hmm. graduating, going on to Greener Pastures. Mm -hmm. What are your feelings now about shale, about leaving shale, about having to move on? I have been trying all day not to cry. Um, it has been my baby. I've put blood, sweat, tears, money, so many things, uh, my heart and soul into this journal. And there have not, it's not all been great. Uh, we've tried some things that didn't work out. We've had um, some mishaps. You know, we're constantly learning and inventing and trying to find out what works. Um, but I have just absolutely loved this community and this journal from the start. And um, it, I'm incredibly sad to miss it. I'm not sure I've actually thought about it deeply um, for the sake of denial. <laughs> but um, I'm going to miss it immensely. I'm, I'm going on to study um, my, my main passion, political science. Um, but I will really miss this creative outlet and a way to bring a community together in such an obvious and practical um, but creative way. Uh, that's something that I will miss immensely. And it, it really warms my heart to see how far we've come and to see so many qualified, talented, fantastic people come together. Uh, and just to be able to have been a part of that and serve that, it, um, it makes me feel awesome. <laughs> And there you have it. 
After interviewing Sarah, most of the room had cleared and I was left with a handful of folks who just couldn't help but linger. There was a certain mood among the staff. It was like a kind of thrill and a relief. But there was also a somber feeling. This was the last time this group that had pulled a publication up by its bootstraps was going to be working together, and that became very evident on a number of faces. Even the newcomers, who still had a twinkle of initiative in their eyes, were also holding a bit of grief in there, too. Informally, the discussion continued after the microphone was off, and there was much rejoicing. As I headed out, Sarah and Katie remained in the gain center with a few other staff members. I think that, if anything, that's what the takeaway here is. Even as we move on, move up, and move forward, there are certain communities and accomplishments we build from nothing or build upon that stay at our back. We have these foundations that keep us sturdy in the furious winds of uncertain futures. It's scary when your situation changes, when you move on to a new chapter in your life, but we're prepared for it because of what we built ourselves on. I could tell that not just to Sarah, but to several of the people present at the reception, Shale was one of those foundations on which they had built themselves. And it is so wonderful to see that. We can all hope to build the sorts of foundations for ourselves that Shale is to these people inside of UK and out. Thank you for listening. And thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and Shale for making this podcast possible. Music for this podcast was provided by Gillicuddy. The intro track, Springish, and the outro track, The Everlasting Itch for Things Remote, both come from the album Gillicuddy Plays Guitar.